Welcome to Spielin' and Dealin' the Georgia High School Basketball Podcast. I am Kyle Sandy, the owner and founder of SandySpiel.com. And with me today, as always, is the producer and moderator of the podcast, Ramin Forgani. Ramin, how are you doing, sir? We are in 2019. You stole my line, Kyle, and we are in 2019. Happy New Year to everyone out there listening. Another year of Spielin' and Dealin', and we're that much closer to the 2018-2019 GHSA playoffs and the march to uh, the championships down in Macon this year. And without further ado, we will ask you about your New Year's celebrations, Kyle, as we get to Class uh, 7A. We want to talk about McEachern. As 2019 rolled around, they are 12 and 0, number one in Class 7A, and they may be up near the top of the national rankings. Some sites may have them as the top team in the nation. Some other sites, we saw a couple others have them at number two. What do you think about that, Kyle? And do they have a shot, or I should say, a shot, a good shot, as um, their number one national ranking could suggest, at winning the Class 7A state championship? Ramin, I say it every single year, it is difficult to win a state championship in the state of Georgia. Our state is better than pretty much every other state out there. Uh, Other states will have your Montverts and your this IMGs, but they're not real high schools. They're prep academy schools that they can recruit and bring people in. If you're looking for a real high school basketball, uh, I guess public school high school basketball, even though we do have our Class A private, but you know, basketball, uh, not not basketball academies, but actual high schools. Georgia is the best, and McEachern has proven that time and time again, winning the City of Palms, and they just went to the Cancer Research Classic and handled their business and, you know, just beat down everybody. So they're ranked number two and number one in some uh, some areas, and they've passed every single test. But, you know, looking at the results, the funny thing is, you know, they beat – Miami Christian at City of Palms, seventy-one to forty-eight. Who's, uh, I guess, a team that's supposed to be pretty good. Paul, Paul the Six from Virginia, fifty-nine, fifty-two. Beat down Mountain Brook, who's very good in Birmingham, Alabama, fifty to twenty-nine. Uh, uh, Imhotep Charter, probably pronounced that wrong, from Philadelphia, beat them by twenty-one. Then they came back and beat them sixty-two, fifty-eight. Just this past week, when they were down almost twenty points at the half. And they beat Finley Prep, another prep school from Nevada, beat them by seven. It's funny looking at those results. Now, you see a couple of those games were close, but, I mean, most of the time, the the toughest games that McEachern has played has been against other teams in the state of Georgia. Holy Spirit Prep, when Sharif walked in the corner, got away with it. They came back and won. You got for beating Holy Spirit Prep at the Elite Eight tip-off, a game I was at, 75-72. to but then they beat Westlake 71-65, a very tight game, very tight. And then they beat Wheeler by seven. So why, why do I mention that, the Wheeler and the Westlake? Well, McEachern coming out of that region, I want to say region three. Let's see. Yes, region three. Who are they going to have to match up with in the first round? They're going to have to match region two. And that is Westlake, that is Wheeler, that is also Pebblebrook in the top ten, that is East Coweta in the top ten, that is potentially Campbell, who we saw at the Sportal Showcase, who has the best point guard in that region, in Terrell Burden. That is the most talented region in the state, Region 2. So they're going to have to, you know, we're, we're obviously going to say McEachin should win Region 3. They should get the number one seed, but they're going to have to either play Westlake, who they only beat by six points, Wheeler, who they beat by seven points, and, and you know East Coweta, we just mentioned all those teams. 
it is going to be very difficult in the first. Do I think they're going to lose in the first round? No, I do not think McEachern will lose in the first round. But if they get past that first round matchup, which they should, which should be their toughest matchup, they're probably going to have a you know fairly smooth sailing to the final four. And when they get to the final four, that's when you're probably going to see our, our you know it, it, we got to see how the brackets all play out, of course. But a region eight number one team. Uh, they could see them who would be maybe like a Newton or a Shiloh or a Grayson right now or a Region 7 number 2, which could be either Norcross or Meadow Creek. So you're going to have to play someone very good in the uh, the Final Four. So with that all being said, they're going to have a very difficult first-round matchup. Now, can they win the state championship? Obviously they can, but we saw what happened last year in the Elite Eight when they got just they just got beat down by Norcross by 20 it is very difficult to win a state championship especially in class 7a would I pick McEachern or the field Ramin uh before I answer who would you pick would you pick McEachern or the field in class 7a to win the state championship well you just laid out such a compelling argument and by the way that was just the question I was about to interject with McEachern or the field but my argument you just laid out such a compelling argument for all these teams you're gonna have to get through and, you know, you take McEachern, they're going to have to win, what is it, get through the Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 4, and the championship game. That's the one team that's going to have to win four or five games. Whereas you take the field, any one of them can uh, can win and knock McEachern out at any point. So you look at the odds, how many good teams we have in Class 7A, the way the brackets shake out. You know, kind of speaking from a math perspective, looking at the field, looking at the bracket, I like the field here, Kyle. I would tend to agree with you, and that's not supposed to be a knock on McEachern. But if we're just looking at the roster, let's be honest. Last year's McEachern team was much more talented than this year's team. We don't have Bob and Two-Day Akimbola. We don't have a six foot ten shot blocker inside this year. Um, and, you know, they, they lost uh, Brandon Suggs, another six foot seven defensive wing. They're not there this year. And they were supposed to have Christian Brown come in, you know, six foot seven wing was supposed to help out job. John Michael Wright, I think his name is. He was supposed to also come in from that AOT pipeline. That did not work out. McEachin's only playing five, six guys. They do not have much depth at all. And I know, you know, it only matters the five people on the court at once. And just because you have the most depth does not mean you know that that always comes into factor because it's only five at a time. I still think Norcross has the most talented, deepest roster in uh, in Georgia. But you're looking at their record right now, and they're sitting at ten and seven, ranked eighth in the state. Now I still think they're talented and they still have a chance. But back to my point: if you get one guy in foul trouble and it's one of your big guys, that's going to change the entire dynamic because they just they they're not as deep and playing you know to win a state championship in class 7a playing six guys seven guys that's very difficult now we saw tiff county do that but tiff county was a different breed and that was you know they had a guy going to virginia tech and alabama uh state but you know that's south georgia that's toughness that's that's just a different breed down there in the water and they were able to just out physical teams not saying mckeechern's not physical but it's just going to be very difficult, and they're going to get everybody's best shot night in and night out. And just for that reason, I would tend to think that the field has a better chance because you're going to have to run into, like I said, that, that first-round matchup. It's not going to be a gimme. Who knows? An East Coweta team or a Wheeler team could you know, be first place in the region the entire time and slip up in that brutal region tournament and fall to a four-seed. 
And, you know, that's a toss-up game right there. Um, now, I don't think Sharif Cooper is going to let them lose in the first round or anything like that, but it's going to be very difficult because this team is not as talented as last year's team. But another thing is they've been playing for a lot of years now together that, you know, uh, Isco Coro and Sharif and th- this senior class, including the junior Cooper, I think they've built to that level of um, – that chemistry that we saw with Ups and Lee last year. Now, Ups and Lee was playing with each other since like sixth grade. And, you know, McEachin and a lot of these guys have been playing with each other for a, a good bulk now. Uh, but still, Jared Jones is somewhat new to the mix. He's been there for a couple years now. Um, but they do have that cohesion, which has really helped them win games, I think, on the national level. Because when you do see these prep schools and these other national powerhouses, they are just teams that are, uh, who, who do we want to play on our team this year? Uh, we'll get these three four-star guys to transfer in and come on in, and uh, we'll just try and mishmash it together. McEachern does have some chemistry that has you know, through through years now, fruition that core with Okoro and Breed and I guess McElroy in there and Cooper, they have been playing together for a long time now. And I think that has put them at another echelon as far as playing these national teams. Um, but again, like I said, it's going to be very difficult to win the state championship in Georgia. Now, would they be the favorite? Yes, of course. I think McEachin would have to be the favorite heading into the state tournament. But Am I picking McEachin to win it all? We'll have to see how the brackets all play out. It's going to be very difficult. Whoever wins the state championship in Georgia every single year, obviously, it's going to be very well-deserved. But if I had to pick, I'm always going to go. Uh, I'm always going to go with the field, especially in Class 7A, just because it is such a deep state. and there's uh, I don't think teams are just going to roll over and die for McEachern. It's going to be very hard fought for them to get back, well, to even get to a state championship. Let's remember, they ha- this group has never even played for a state title before, and uh, it's, it's now or never with this junior and senior class. And while you were talking, I looked up, um, hold me to it, I'm going to look up the GHSA stats and have it ready for the next podcast, but for now we have the NCAA tournament uh, stats more readily available to us, so they're, you know, it's uh, 64, I guess now 68 teams, uh, two playing games, but or four playing games, whatever, so they're four one seeds. And the one seed wins the championship 15.2% of the time, makes the championship game 24.2% of the time, and makes the final four 40.9% of the time. So, which means, you know, by theory, if you're saying the highest seed wins every time, between the four of them, they should be reaching the final four 100% of the time. But 60% of the time, the field, so-called, will reach the final four. So, I think the field here, you know, if we look at the NCAA, I'll pull up the GHSA stats for next week's podcast but for now i think the field makes a lot of sense yeah on to 6a kyle you were there at a game um in class 6a region 7 is what we want to talk about today north atlanta there at number two 12 and four chattahoochee's at number five 14 and three record some other tough teams there alpharetta and pope playing hard what do you see in region seven of class 6a um, I think I've been saying this for a while now that if you're going to win a state championship, uh, 6A is one of the classifications you would like to be in this year. That's not saying that there's class 6A is bad, but I'm saying class 6A is so wide open and I'm going to continue to harp on this probably for the rest of the year. There is no Gainesville in class 6A this year. There is no Landers Nolly in class 6A. You are looking at these rankings and you're going to see teams – that had their strengths, but they had their glaring weaknesses as well. And 
I I don't want to say an average team. Obviously, these teams are above average, but this is a classification where it's there. There, there is no super team. There is no super team that's going to win. So it's going to be a, a good team that will likely, unless I guess maybe Coffee does it. I think Coffee is who I, I trust in the most right now. But even them. Uh, there, you know, they we, they lost to Campbell at our event, which was a great game, but they had their weaknesses as well. But I think whoever is going to win the state championship in Class Six A, we're going to look back and say, "Wow, they lost to them early in the season. They lost to these guys. They lost to them." There's not going to be a team that's going to run through undefeated. I know Evans is sixteen and no undefeated, but they're sitting at number ten for a reason. They just have not really played anybody. I think one of their best wins was North Augusta, who last I saw they're about eleven and five in South Carolina. They came back and beat GMC, who we have in our top five in Class uh, Class A public, but they just really have not recorded the uh, the whoa. They're not going out there and playing Metro Atlanta teams or just, you know, teams that we know of that we are proven commodities year in and year out. They haven't played teams like that. Now they have a chance. They're playing Heritage and Lakeside Evans this week. They have a chance to pick up two wins and then we'll, we can think a little differently about Evans if they beat those two teams. But uh, not to go on too much of a tangent, uh, back to Region 7. This is a region where it's, I feel like it's a microcosm of Class 6A. There's not one dominant team. There's teams that are good at one certain area, but lack at another area. You look at Cambridge, they can score the ball a lot, but defensively, they are just not there. They are not good defensively. And we saw, I saw them uh, give up 18 threes, a school record against Chattahoochee, and they lost 98 to 84. It was a 30 point game most of the way until, uh, you know, they scored some late buckets. Um, Let's let's talk about Chattahoochee. That's a team that is they're just they're not deep. They're, so if we're looking at Chattahoochee's weakness, they have zero depth. They're not deep at all. They're playing five guys. They're playing maybe six guys. And once they get to that first or second guy off the bench, it is a drastic drop off. But like we talked about before, it only matters about the five guys on the court. And they have a great core of guards with AJ White, who's probably you know. He's got to go down as one of the best scoring guards in his class in 2021. Uh, he can fill it up. Cam Sheffield, who's about a 6'5", 6'6", wing. He's a junior. He is very talented. And our man Franklin Bailey, a junior, we saw him way back when, I think it was in May, um, at Sportal Slam. I said, who is this kid? He's just a knockdown three-point shooter. He was, you know, lights out, knocking down threes, 18 points. He was hitting all those threes. So with that core, you got three great shooters, very good shooters, but they are very perimeter-oriented. If those shots are not falling, Chattahoochee could have some trouble. If I'm a team defending them, I'm going over all the screens. I'm not letting them get open looks from three. But the best thing about that for Chattahoochee is everyone's going to key in on Cam Sheffield, and they're going to key in on A.J. White, and they're going to try and slow down those two guards on the perimeter. But that's going to leave Franklin Bailey – um, who, you know, not a knock, but he is a one-dimensional player. He's a three-point shooter. He's a three-point specialist. That's going to leave him open in the corner for threes. And if you leave him wide open for threes in the corner, he is going to burn you. Now, he's going to have some off games, but he's already had a game where I think he hit maybe nine threes, something like that. Uh, he can shoot the lights out. And if you're focusing all your attention on those two guards that can shoot the ball very well, but they can also create off the dribble, that is where Chattahoochee is going to hurt you. But the X factor for them, since they are a perimeter-oriented team, you have to have something else that can score points. And that something else is Grant Van Beveren, 
Six foot six senior, a preferred walk under Wake Forest. We'll go there and we'll just bang on some people. A very smart kid. He's going to have a very good future basketball and beyond that in political science, I believe, is what he's going to like to study. But he is a good, you know, a great rebounder for them, and he really rounds them out. At that game, I watched them hit all those threes. Uh, Van Beveren probably had about 23 points and 11 rebounds. He's a guy that can really match up. When they play these teams that have some size, he's the guy that is going to clog up the lane and rebound, and he is what really rounds this Chattahoochee team out and makes them uh, a threat that could go very deep into the state tournament as far as them is if they can shoot the three ball and they're, they're knocking down their shots. So Grant Van Beveren, Van Beveren, very, very important to Chattahoochee. Now I want to look at – North Atlanta, who, where do we have them in our rankings? Number two, Chattahoochee's number five. North Atlanta is number two. North Atlanta, now they probably have the best player, arguably the best player in the region, and that is Messiah Thompson, who is an all-state preseason guy going to Campbell. But the thing about North Atlanta, they're going to go as he goes. If you cut off the head of the snake, easier said than done. You know, it's going to be a lot tougher for North Atlanta because he is creating for everybody there. He is creating for the um, the, the Joshua Johnsons of the world. Uh, and uh, you got Michael Ashley, who's a big body. Andrew Robinson, another interchangeable 6'3", 6'4", forward. Gerontes Garrett helps out a lot. But make no mistake, everything starts and stops with Messiah Thompson. He makes his team go. And, you know, we're just looking at their results. They got beat by Chattahoochee, 67-59. to And then they came back and they beat Cambridge later, 61 to 49. So, you know, if we're looking at it athletically, um, North Atlanta is probably the most athletic team. Now, they don't have huge size with some 6'5 posts, everything like that. Um, But this is a very good team. But you got to slow down Masai Thompson. If you could do that, you can get in North Atlanta. But they pound the glass very hard. And, um, this will segue into the next team we'll talk about. They recently, North Atlanta, they just won at Pope 61-54. And we're talking about Pope, a team that has been flying under the radar, 12-4. and Pat Abney, one of the best coaches in Georgia. Talking to other people in that region, they think Pope, you know, top to bottom, they might be the best team. Now, they might not have the best individuals, but the Greyhounds might have the best team and just looking at their results you know they lost early in the season to open it up to sprayberry but what happened third game of the season i know sequoia who we have in the top 10 was missing three starters but they beat sequoia by let me do my math real quick by 43 points 97 to 54 so you have that big win on your resume you destroyed another top 10 team and what they do right after that they won at chattahoochee 81 to 70 but then the bugaboo that has kind of kept Pope from really getting on the radar as a top 10 team, then they go and lay an egg at Cambridge, 70 to 45. You lose by 25 points. It's it's very strange, which goes back to saying this is kind of a microcosm of Class 6A. You know, you look good one night, then you look very human the next night, and it's up and down, and it's up and down. You don't really know what to expect, but Pope, they're a very senior-laden group. you got guys like Ryan Billig, Micah Polk. Guy that's really stepped up as a junior, Ross Shepard. I hear he's been having a very nice season for them, six foot six. Um, so that's a, a, just another team to throw in there. And, and I think we talked about Cambridge a little bit, how they have Kamar Robertson and you got Matt Cleveland, who might be the best long-term prospect in this region. Tom Crean was in there to watch them play Chattahoochee, but their lack of defense is really going to hurt them. Now they can beat a couple teams running up and down the floor. Uh, but you know, looking at their record now, they're ten and seven. They're still six and two in the region, and they do have one of the better players 
and uh, Kamara Robertson. But defensively, that is what's going to separate them from winning this region. Now, again, they could get hot and do it, but defensively, they're going to have to really fine-tune things. And to put a bow and a ribbon on everything, just to wrap it up, I just want to read off the the region standings. Uh, you're looking at North Atlanta, who's number two in Class 6A. They're sitting there at 6-1. and one. Cambridge, unranked. They're 6-2. and two. Pope, unranked, 6-2. and two. And then Chattahoochee, who's won seven straight games. They skyrocketed into the pole, sitting there at number five in the state. They are six and two, and then that, uh, other than that, you're looking at Alpharetta four and four, and the rest is two and five, two and six, two and six, one and seven. So Region Seven and Class Six A going to be very interesting to keep an eye on the rest of the season. See which team can emerge, which which team can really put all the pieces together offensively and defensively, and peak at the right time to win that region. What an in-depth analysis of Class uh, Region Seven of Class Six A, Colin. As you spoke about, that really gives us a good picture into the into the rest of what class 6a is like this year we'll keep it moving on the boys side down the class 3a one team i want to talk about is number one in class 3a morgan county they are 14 and one and what do you see out of them i see it's you know the, the usual they're a very strong team with um alec woodard uh we got who's going to austin p uh, our man tyron lawrence uh, another, you know, a six-five wing that's very talented. Stevan Green is a great floor leader. And uh, oh boy, looking on the roster right now, it looks like Merlee Crawford is on the roster, um, which we projected. I don't know if that is going to be official, official, but we said he had to get his grades in line. But I don't know if he's playing yet or not. But and Malik Crawford is on the Bulldogs roster. Uh, so that makes Morgan County even stronger inside once he's eligible, if he is indeed eligible. Uh, so, I mean, Morgan County, that's just a, a great team. They've beaten everybody they played, you know, 14-1, lost to Winona, Alabama. But other than that, they've just been handling their business, winning their Sweet South Classic. Um, not much competition there. Went to that Palmetto Winter Classic in South Carolina. Bridgeview beat all these beat Blythewood, beat all these teams that I guess the South Carolina locals might have thought would beat Morgan County, but I mean, goes back to Georgia high school basketball is, is premier. And, uh, you know, they're a very good team. Them and GAC have been, you know, tug of war, jockeying for position and, you know, that number one spot. And it kind of feels like all signs are going to point to these two teams and meeting again. Now, let me take a quick gander at the regions region matchups where's region eight number one uh and then region seven number one it looks like so if they did meet it would be in the state championship which would be some great bass see a uh, great rematch of last year's um i guess it was final four when uh gac just went crazy from beyond the arc which they can do that stuff uh, but, you know, a big game coming up is going to be on the 15th at Hart County, Morgan County at Hart County, Morgan County. Uh, I believe they beat them last year in their region championship. Uh, I believe, yes, it was a double overtime game, 71 to 68. Now, this is going to be the first time these two teams have met this season. And just last year, Hart County played them as tough as anybody. Um, that 71-68 loss in double overtime in the region championship. Before that, Morgan County did blow them out 56-38. to And um, 
but you know the first time they met it was 62-53 so it was somewhat close at Hart County so I think Morgan County should be okay in that one I just watched Hart County play I think Hart County can match them somewhat athletically um, but I think Morgan County is just a, a step better as far as their, their skill set goes uh, but that should be a tough matchup but yes uh, Morgan County they are a very good team and Malik Crawford is indeed back uh, I mean, that's just another big body, a talented body that can rebound and kind of solidify uh, Morgan County at one through five. And now we're going to transition over to the girls' side, Kyle, on Class 4A, Madison County's Kayla McPherson, sophomore sensation, who exploded for 64 points in a game, 11 made threes, almost outscored her opponent single-handedly. What do you think about this budding sophomore, Kyle? Kayla McPherson, she is at Madison County. My goodness, class 4A, number three in the state. I know they want to be put on the map. I said, you guys have already been put on the map. What are you talking about? And especially when you have a girl that uh, I'm, I'm going. This is going to be my, you know, die on this hill. I'm saying that she is going to play in the WNBA one day. Kayla McPherson, a sophomore. I've traveled far and wide, not as far and wide as I've done for the boys basketball, but the best player in the state of Georgia, it has to be Kayla McPherson, a sophomore point guard, about five foot seven. She's the best for me. And, you know, I, I detail it in my state rankings, my girls' rankings. She had 64 points, hit 11 threes, um, had like five rebounds or five assists. She did pretty much everything out there. And, you know, it's not like they were blowing someone out. You know, they were playing Hart County, who we just mentioned Hart County boys. Hart County was number four in the state. And they played the first time, and it was a, a, a two-point game or so. It was like somewhere around area. So it was a very tight game. So this is not playing um, the deaf and the blind. She was playing one of the better teams in the state of Georgia with a Division One point guard in Torreon Starks going to Western Kentucky. And, but she goes for 64 points, had about 40 or 42 in their first meeting, but they win 93 to 68. They blow it open. It was 11 point game going into the fourth quarter. But Ramin, I'm telling you, step back threes, you know, snatchbacks, whatever they say it off the crossover, isolations, fast breaks, sensational layups through traffic. How many and one she had? A ton. I keep going back to those 11 threes. I heard that before that or previous three games before that she made zero threes, but then she explodes for 11. Uh, she is phenomenal. She is must see TV, 64.7 rebounds, five assists, one steal, um, you know, great passer, ultra athletic. Uh, she's, she's, she's the best player in the state of Georgia. And that's, that's crazy to think about, especially in that 2021 class. That means I'm taking her over Raven Johnson, who won a state championship at Westlake. I'm taking her over, um, Paige Lyons, who's very good at Wesleyan, and that's just in the 2021 class alone. And it's crazy to think because right before that game, I drove two hours to go see Madison County uh, host Hart County, and right before that, I saw, you know, Jill Hollingshed of um, Holy Innocence, uh, a sophomore, six foot four center that can play outside. I saw Lovejoy, who's the best backcourt in the state and the best girls team in the state of Georgia, with Anaya Boyd and Genesis Bryant. And then I go watch her play, and it is just, it is, it's, it was remarkable. I mean, like, she's as talented as those girls, 
but she's, you know, has that athleticism that separates her from Genesis Brown, who was a phenomenal player, but she is more athletic than her. And, and, you know, and she can hit the, it was just for me, I can't put it into words, go through my timeline and look at some of those videos. She's the best player in Georgia. She is a mini Asia Durr. I went back. I was not able to watch Asia Durr play in high school. I went back and looked at some of her mixtapes, which are probably from her senior year. She is doing the exact same thing. She's a little bit shorter than her. She's doing the exact same thing for me. And she's playing at a very similar level. I don't know if St. Pius was 3A or 4A at the time, but a very similar um very similar uh, level of talent that she was playing against, at least during the high school season. And she is doing the exact same thing. She is a star. She is going to be a five-star. I think she's going to be able to pick whichever school she wants to go to. If someone is foolish enough to, you know, not think she's great because she's only a five, seven point guard and not a five, 10 point guard or something ridiculous like that, uh, you will be sadly mistaken. Uh, Ramin, she is the best player in the state of Georgia and she is must see TV. On that note, Kyle, we wanted to keep the first podcast of Spielin' and Dealing of the New Year a bit short, so we will wrap it up. Week 8 rankings, boys and girls, are out. As always, go to sandyspiel.com to see them in their entirety, plus the write-ups. I know you put a lot of care into making sure everything's there that you need to really keep abreast of all the developments in the past week. We will podcast next week to follow week 9, and as always, you're on Twitter, Kyle, at KyleSandy355, at Sandy Spiel. And until next time, on behalf of Kyle, this is Ramin, signing off.